I've told the story before about my first digital course. It was a total flop and it was all my fault. I did not have a good lead magnet to build on in the first place. I didn't know what my audience even wanted and I put way too much effort into it. I mean, I spent weeks on that course and it was just bad. My second attempt was much, much better. It was also a whole lot simpler. I didn't have any videos. I didn't have a course platform to set up and manage. I didn't add any fancy graphics or do any design work. All it was was a series of checklists and worksheets for online business owners who wanted a better way to set up and manage their own business. That simple checklist pack has earned me more than $45,000 in the past five years. Now, that's not too bad for a product I created in just a few days and with nothing more than Microsoft Word. All of this is why I recommend that new business owners resist the urge to come out of the gate with a signature course or some other huge product and instead keep it really simple. This is episode 94 of the Tiny Course Empire podcast. And today I want to talk to you about your first digital product. I'll share what my rules are for keeping it simple and relevant, how to choose your topic, and how to get it in the hands of your customers when it's done. Grab a notebook and a pen and get ready to take notes because this one has a few action steps for you to take. Don't worry though, we are going to keep it super simple. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, it's Cindy, and thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with me. This is part four of our ongoing series on starting an online business from scratch. So far, I've recommended that you begin by creating content in your niche, by offering up a lead magnet for your new followers, and by staying in touch with your email subscribers at least twice a week. I'll link to the other episodes in the show notes in case you missed any of them. As always, these show notes can be found at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 94. While you're there, be sure to download the online business roadmap. This step-by-step plan will show you exactly what to focus on during this phase of your business, whether you're just starting out or you're ready to scale. And If you want to make sure that you don't miss any of this series on starting an online business from scratch, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. New episodes drop every Thursday morning, and next week, we're going to be talking about writing a simple sales page for your new product. I'll help you get past all of the overwhelm and the imposter syndrome that can come from writing a sales page, and I'll give you an easy three-part template to follow. But that's next week. This week is all about creating a simple digital product. Before we dive in, I do want to mention again that this series is not intended to be followed in real time. Now, yes, I am dropping new lessons or episodes every week, but if you're still working on episode one and getting your content engine revved up, that's perfectly okay. And in fact, it's better than okay. It's the best possible thing you could be doing right now. I always say that consistency is the most important trait any small business owner can have. Well, it's really the most important trait anyone can have who has goals of any kind. Consistency is what drives your success. You can't publish six blog posts and expect to have an impact on your traffic or your sales. 
you can't send four emails in a year and expect that to build a relationship with your subscribers. You have to show up week after week and month after month. That's how success is created. So whatever step you're on in the process, whether you're working on emailing your list, like we talked about last week, or maybe you're still back there getting your content machine dialed in, just keep it up. Work at it until it becomes second nature, until you're confident and comfortable in your systems and your processes and your schedule. Then it's time to move on to the next step. Strong, sustainable, and profitable businesses are not built in a weekend. They're created over time, and that only happens when you put in the work. I know that you know that, or you wouldn't be here listening to me, but I just want you to know that you're on the right path. Keep going. And when you're ready, here's how you're going to create your first digital product. Before we start, I have three rules or guidelines that I recommend that you follow. You probably remember I had three rules for your lead magnet too. I find having guidelines like this makes decision-making easier, as you'll see in a little bit. So here's my rules for creating your first digital product. Rule number one is to keep it simple. I told you in the intro to this episode that I did not follow this rule with my first product, and it was a total flop. Now, that in itself is not a bad thing, and it's certainly not an unavoidable thing, even All these years later, I still have product launches that I think will do well, and they just don't for whatever reason. But the reason it mattered with that first product is because of the amount of time I wasted on it. I spent weeks writing and recording that course, and more weeks getting it all edited and set up on a course platform. And when it didn't sell, that really could have been the end of it for me. That very easily could have turned into an excuse to stop creating, to tell myself that, course creation just wasn't for me, or that I didn't have what it takes to be a course creator. Not because no one bought it, but because of all the effort I'd put in without seeing any return on that investment. It's a lot easier to recover from a failed launch when you've spent a week on it than when you've invested months or years in an idea. So rule number one is to keep it simple. That means we're creating a very simple text-based product. We're offering access to it in the simplest way possible, and we're keeping the sales process simple too. What we're not doing is setting up a course platform with upsells and downsells and cross-sells and timers and all kinds of other fancy stuff. Simple is the key word here. This is the name of the game. And part of keeping it simple is to work with what you have. That's rule number two, work with what you have. That long ago course that I created required me to not only learn how to create a course, but I also had to learn how to record and edit video. I had to research how to deliver the video content and how to set it up on my course platform. I had to figure out how to create all the graphics. It was a lot. Don't do that to yourself. Work with what you have. You might be tempted at this point to go looking at new shopping carts or membership platforms or to learn how to use Canva or to buy a new video camera. And to all of that, I say, Just stop. Work with what you have and what you already know how to use. Adding anything else in right now is just going to slow you down and it will turn a simple project into a very long-term effort that in all likelihood will never be completed. And finally, remember that done is always better than perfect. You cannot sell what's sitting on your computer still half finished because it's not as good as your vision was. Here's the thing. 
no one else knows or cares how lofty your vision was for your product, if you don't quite hit the mark, the only one who will know is you. It doesn't matter if you have typos in your content. It doesn't matter if your editing isn't up to AP standards. It doesn't matter if you could have included more or made a better looking cover or chosen a nicer layout. Done is better than perfect every single time. I want you to remember that we are not carving anything into stone tablets these days. You can always, at any time, go back and fix that typo or update that product and add more information if you feel it's necessary. But you can't do that if it doesn't exist in the first place. Get it done. Worry about perfecting it later. So those are the rules. Keep it simple. Work with what you have. And done is always better than perfect. Now that you know the rules, what exactly are you even going to create for this first product? Now, personally, you probably know that I'm a huge fan of things like toolkits, and checklists, and planners, and printables, and templates, anything that's written, because I don't want you to get stuck trying to learn how to edit video or organize content on a course platform or anything like that. Those things will only slow you down at this point. And our goal here is to make the next best So that means we're keeping it simple. You're going to hear me repeat that word a lot in this episode. Simple, simple, simple. But the thing is, it's a huge leap to go from just starting out to creating a video course or some other big project. It will feel insurmountable to you. You'll procrastinate. You'll start and stop and get distracted by shiny objects. But by sticking with small, simple products, you'll become a finisher. You'll gain momentum one small step at a time. And the same thing is true for your buyers. They need to build up that momentum too. They need to take a tiny step, not dive into the deep end of the learning pool and hope that they can figure out how to swim. They're not looking for the end-all, be-all training right now. They just need the next best step you can offer them. Now, to figure out what that step is and how you can help them, What you want to do is think about what the very next thing your email subscriber needs from you is. So for example, if they've just downloaded a camera settings cheat sheet, then they don't need a 17 module video course on how to be a professional photographer. They don't need you to dump everything you know on them, but they could probably use a really great guide to lighting for taking photos. They could maybe use some pro tips on composing really good photographs. That's the kind of resource that helps them make progress without getting overwhelmed. And here's where I know a lot of you are probably thinking, but that's a blog post, not a product. A guide to great lighting is, you know, it's just, it's a blog post. And that's probably true. If you Google it, you will find loads of blog posts about composing photos or getting your lighting just right not denying that at all. In fact, it doesn't matter what your product is, even if it is that 17 module video course about how to become a professional photographer, whatever you want to learn or be or do, you will find it for free on the internet somewhere. I have said for years that you could learn to be a heart surgeon with nothing more than Google and YouTube if you were really dedicated and determined. So where does that leave us as product creators then? Well, here's what I know. People will pay you for information because you offer them convenience. Even if they can find it for free, they will pay you for information because they trust you. 
Even if they can find 8 million results from a three-second search in Google, they will pay you for information because you present it in a way that it makes sense to them, in a way that those 8 million other options don't. A few years ago, a potential client asked me for a podcasting startup checklist. She wanted to know what equipment I recommended and what she didn't have to worry about just yet and where to find someone to do voiceover work, that sort of thing. So I wrote her a really short checklist with a timeline, do this first, then that, then buy this thing. I gave her some questions to ask, some things to think about so that she could make better decisions as she was putting her podcast together. It took me like 20 minutes to write this. And I sent it off to her in an email and she emailed me back to thank me. And then she said, you should sell this. And my response, of course, because I was brand new and I was all up in my own self-doubt was to say, you know, this is nothing you couldn't have found on your own if you'd searched for it. And she replied, of course, but now I don't have to. I would have paid for this. The thing is, I had already done all the research for her, so I made it convenient, right? I was someone that she trusted to give her good advice. I wasn't recommending a microphone just because I wanted the commission on the sale. She knew I was recommending it because I thought it was good. And I gave her the information that she needed in a simple format that made it easy for her to take action. It made it easy for her to take that next step. And that's why she was willing to pay for information that she could have found anywhere online. And that's why your community will pay you too. Not because you're holding secrets that can be found anywhere else, but because you offer convenience and trust and a perspective and a style that works for them. Don't overthink this. Don't think that your product doesn't have value just because it's simple. In some cases, it has value because it is simple. One other consideration then is what format should that product take? Now we've talked about checklists and templates and things. And I want you to remember that rule number two is to work with what you have. So I don't want you to spend time here learning new software. If you use and like Google Docs, then that's a perfect choice for creating eBooks, worksheets, planners, checklists, and basically anything that you can write. Microsoft Word or Apple Pages are other good options if you have them, if you use them, and if you like working with them. If you want to get a little fancy, you could use Canva or Designer, but only if you're already familiar with them. Again, don't try to learn something new just to get this first product out there. Done is your priority. Perfect. You can work on later. Which brings us to your next question, which is, how are you going to get this into the hands of your buyers? Now, for most things that are written, and I'm talking about things like planners and checklists and templates and worksheets and that sort of thing, your best option is to save that file as a PDF so that your buyers can download it to their computer. Now, with that said, there is a bit of hoop jumping that has to happen to make this work. If you listen to episode two of this series, we talked about how to deliver a PDF document to a new email subscriber. I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes. But the basic setup is that your PDF has to live somewhere on a cloud server. So it has to be accessible to people in the public. Usually that means Dropbox or Google Drive. Then you can create a link to that PDF and send that link to your subscriber in an email. It's super easy. Not any techie concerns there. You don't have to worry about protecting the document or anything like that. But you can't do that for a paid product or I mean, I guess you could, but I don't recommend it. First, 
because that type of delivery is more open to unauthorized access. It probably doesn't matter a lot if a few random people come across your lead magnet and download it without subscribing to your list, but it does matter if random people get free access to your paid products. You don't want that to happen. The other reason not to use this method of delivery for a paid product is simple logistics. You have to have a way to move money from your buyer's account into yours, and then you have to have a way to move the PDF file from your account into theirs. And that's a bit more complicated than an opt-in offer is, mostly because there's money involved. So here's what I recommend for your first digital product. I'm going to suggest that you sign up with a platform that handles sales and product delivery for you without you having to worry about where the product is stored or how to get it into the hands of your buyer. Two platforms that make this really easy are SendOwl and Warrior Plus, and I'm going to link to both of those in the show notes for you. Here's why I like these platforms, though. Number one, their fees are really reasonable. As of the time of this recording, SendOwl has a three-month trial, then they charge $9 per month plus 5% per order charge. Warrior Plus doesn't have any upfront fees at all, but they do charge a per transaction fee. So what that means is unless you are making sales, you are not paying to use their platform. So there's no upfront expense for you. There's no recurring monthly expense. You only pay them when you get paid. Another reason why I like both of these platforms is they handle the delivery of the product. And what that means is you can upload your PDF directly to SendOwl or to Warrior Plus. And when your buyer completes their payment, it's delivered automatically. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to set up an email for it. You don't have to do any of that stuff. It's just automatically delivered. Another reason I like these platforms is because they connect to your email platform. So whether you're using ActiveCampaign or ConvertKit or MailerLite or whichever ESP you're using, these platforms will connect to that so that you can keep track of who's purchased your products or so that you can add buyers to your email list if that's your choice. SendOwl also helps you handle sales tax and VAT if that's a concern for you. So there's a lot of pros to using a platform like this, a fully hosted platform like this. What I don't recommend is for you to sign up for a platform such as Teachable or Podia or even Thrivecart at this point. Those are all great platforms and they have thousands and thousands of happy customers, but they come with a financial burden that's just not necessary at this point in your business. For example, Teachable starts at $39 a month. And that's just too much for a small business or for a small digital product like we're talking about here. I mean, yes, they do have a free tier. I just looked at it. But right now, that free tier is limited to 10 customers. So that's not super helpful. Then there's the learning curve. Unless you already are using one of these platforms and you're super familiar with it, then this is an added step that's going to slow you down. There's time for this type of platform later once your product suite grows but for right now, start simply, keep your costs low, and you can keep your prices low as well. That lets you build confidence in yourself and, and your status as someone who knows your stuff. One other thing you will need for sure, though, is a payment processor. Warrior Plus, SendOwl, and other platforms, including tools like Teachable or Kajabi or Thrivecart, 
those all act as a shopping cart. They are the customer-facing piece of the online business puzzle, but they have to connect to a payment processor. That's the back-end infrastructure that makes it possible to transfer money from your buyer to you. Now, you're probably familiar with PayPal. That's probably the most common payment processor online today. In fact, I read that it handles 22% of all online transactions right now. It's the one that any selling platform will connect with. If you already have a PayPal account, you're good to go. Just follow the instructions in your platform for making that connection between the shopping cart, between SendOwl or Warrior Plus or whatever you're using, between that system and PayPal. Follow the instructions in your platform and you'll be set. Another option that you can use for payment processors is Stripe, which is a credit card processor. They handle transactions where your customer wants to pay with Visa or MasterCard or American Express or some other credit card. I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this because it can get confusing, but here's what I recommend. Just start with PayPal. That's more than adequate for most people, and it's common enough that any selling platform will connect to it. In fact, it's the only one that some platforms will use. If for some reason you don't have or can't get a PayPal account, they are restricted in some countries, or maybe there's another reason you can't or won't have one, and that's fine, then you'll need to do some research into what other options are available to you. There are for sure other payment processors out there that you can look at, such as Braintree or Payoneer or To Checkout. Just make sure that whatever payment processor you're using works with the selling platform you've chosen. For example, SendOwl works with PayPal, Stripe, and a few others, but they don't work with Braintree. Warrior Plus only works with PayPal or Stripe. eJunkie, which is another option for selling digital downloads, has a much longer list of payment processors that they connect with. So here's your homework for this episode. I want you to get out your lead magnet that you created in episode two of this series and then ask yourself, what's the next best step for my subscribers after they have this resource in their hands? What do they need to do next? That's the topic of your product. So for an example, if you have given away an example weekly meal plan, the next thing your subscriber might do is plan their own meals for the coming week. Your paid product then might be a planner that they can use to keep track of their plans, their ingredients, and their grocery list. If you've given away a packing checklist for traveling with young children, the next thing your subscriber is probably doing after packing is actually traveling. So maybe your paid product is a bundle of simple games that they can play in the car. If you've given away an SEO checklist for bloggers, the next thing they're going to be doing is writing blog posts. Your paid product might be a keyword research guide to help them choose the right keywords. I think you get the idea. Think about what your subscribers are doing as they use your lead magnet and what they need to do next. Then create your product around that activity. Remember to keep it simple. Use the tools that you already have and remember that done is always better than perfect. Once you have your product created, you can then decide which platform you'll use to sell it. Now, I mentioned SendOwl and Warrior Plus earlier because I have personal experience with both, but there are others as well. Don't get ahead of yourself, though. Create your product first and then find your sales platform. If you try to do it the other way around, you're going to be a lot less likely to get your product done. And of course, if you need help, 
I'm here for you. Just click over to tinycourseempire.com forward slash 94 and leave me a comment. Tell me what you're working on and where you're stuck, and I will offer any advice and support I can. And finally, could you do me a favor? If you have a friend or a colleague who could use business building advice, would you share the link to this series with them? It's a great way for us to grow our audience, and I'd appreciate your support. All the episodes can be found at tinycourseempire.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back next week with a strategy that you can use to get your sales page written, even if you think you're not a copywriter. Have a terrific rest of your day, and I will talk to you again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses and workshops and support you'll find inside Six Figure Systems. That's my monthly program where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches, we don't have the big headaches, and we don't have the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com, and I'll see you on the inside.